Hello and welcome back to the Stuff Jesus Said podcast. I'm Eric Payton. And I'm Corey Nickel. And this is the show where we uh, we take something that Jesus said and we talk about it for about an hour. Um, so thanks for tuning in today. Uh, welcome to the show, like I said. Corey, what's up? Yeah, man. I feel like we're, we're just we're just jumping right into it. Normally we uh, have some time to catch up and we're just turning, hitting record and going. Yeah, we have uh, some good content coming out here in the next couple of weeks. We got some time finally. We've both been gallivanting around the world. That's a good word. Um, I do love that word. Um, oh, I could have used sojourning. Could have been, who knows. Anyway. That's good. Uh, yeah, so I'd actually, I just got back from a trip to the, the Caribbean. We had took a family, my wife's family, um, went on a cruise together. So that was I super that. fun. Uh, we enjoyed stopping along the way and around Mexico and Grand Caymans and Key West. So that was good. Uh, and then I then I kind of, my life changed a little bit. I've normally been a teacher with summers off, which allowed me to do a bunch of mission trips and do some speaking. And then all of a sudden, I got a promotion. So Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So now I'm the director of spiritual life and um, assistant middle school principal. Um, and so that just takes some more time and responsibility. So oh, now yeah. I have a, a 12 month job instead of a nine month job. Yeah. So that's yeah. a very You're a big boy. Up. I You're am a big, a big boy, boy now. now. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, yeah, I've been traveling a decent amount too. I don't have a, uh, quite the, uh, extensive list of locations I've been to as you guys have. But, uh, yeah, we went to, uh, Michigan for a family vacation. We went up to, um, Oh, like Mackinac Island. You yes. were out there? No, but I know of it. You know of it. Um, and we went to P- Petoskey, Michigan. Not, was, have heard, not have heard of that. I think one. that's where we hung out. It was like Bay Harbor, which is like not really a city. It's kind of like a little neighborhood. Um, but yeah, we, all the Peytons went up there on Fine. my side of the family we uh, hung out and hung out by the lake, that stuff. So then we went up to Minneapolis for the 3M. Yeah, yeah. what a fun tournament. It's a PGA Tour event for those of you who don't know. And so um, my brother-in-law lives in Minneapolis. And cool. We, uh, he, so it's it's weird. My uh, my wife, I feel like she's been an only child my the entire time I've known her because he has been in the, in the Air Force right. and lived in Qatar, which I, would, I knew as Qatar. Right. He calls it Qatar. Afghanistan and South Korea. He was like near the DMZ. Wow. So he's back and we went up to visit him. But anyway, that's what's going going on. We've been traveling. That's fun. I hope everyone's traveling this yeah, summer. Yeah, that's the time to do it. So uh, before we jump in, I want to, uh, we didn't just say to, the, to everyone who's listening, if you want to join in this conversation, we'd love to have you be a part of this. We've had some people request topics. Um, and so if you have something that you uh, maybe knew Jesus said, you've read in the Bible that you want to want to hear us talk about, uh, just shoot us a message. You can you can find us both on Twitter. I'm at epate88, and uh, you can find it in the show notes. And Corey, you're at Corey Nickel. Yeah, really complicated. Super simple. Really creative. Um, so yeah, let us know uh, what you like, what you don't like about the podcast. And um, we're always trying to grow and learn how this is we're still in the kind of the learning phases of what this show looks like and we're just kind of having fun and uh, learning stuff along the way yeah and and to capitalize on that we really want to change up we talk about current events a lot and the more that we listen to the podcast ourselves and heard from some people we want to change that up yeah we want it to be more centered on the just the short current event section centered on maybe more christian 
interactions Jesus that are focused. happening in the world. Yeah, like who is representing Christianity or Jesus mm-hmm. in the wrong way, right? And yeah. we're called or out right for way. it. Or the right way, yeah. yeah. Or like uh, who? what controversial thing is happening around Christianity? Yeah. And sometimes we don't catch those. And maybe yeah. you do. And that's something that we love. Like, again, if you're on Twitter scrolling and you find an article, you're like, whoa, I'd love to hear Corey and Eric's ideas on that. Like tag us in it and yeah. we will read yeah. it and we'll get it on the show. Like we want to yeah. incorporate what you're doing. You know, we talked earlier. There is uh, um, so maybe this can be our current event. This was like six months ago or so. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a pastor on the East Coast who essentially said porn is OK. I, and Remember, I had a pastor not heard of a that. church. Yeah. And this pastor's really reasoning behind that was that we shouldn't shame people who are in the porn industry because as long as it's done ethically, it's okay. And we shouldn't shame people viewing it because all sins are equal. He's got a point that you shouldn't shame them. Yeah, Either and side I agreed with that. And but they said they said we shouldn't look at the in, we shouldn't look at the industry as a, like a shameful industry or a oh. sinful industry either, um, because I think it's important it's, just just to distinguish between sinful and shameful. Yes, you're right. right? Yes, you know. Um, yep. Anyway, it, but, I don't know much about the story. You just told me about it, so yeah, I, I don't want to talk too much yeah. into it when I when I don't know the context. Yeah, and I and and so like an article like that or something that came out like that would be a phenomenal topic to talk about with the current event. This yeah. week, we just kind of talked about that now, so we don't have one this week to really get into with you. But if you see them out there, make sure you get the info to us. We'd love to incorporate it yep. going forward in our current events section. Yeah. So so before we move into day, today's topic, um, our conversation last, well, we, we, we spoke about a month ago, uh, which was on like, if you love your life, you'll lose it. And if you lose your life or if you give up your life, you will gain it, right? Right. Um, how has that impacted you personally, Corey, over the last four to six weeks? Yeah. You know, I, I have found myself really recognizing more often when I value something of this world more than I value something in God's kingdom. Yeah. And I think that's that idea of, you know, if you want to save your life, you're going to lose it. Like if I want life to be all about Corey and my pursuits and, the, to be bluntly honest, like I'm a super selfish, like type a person and I love having stuff my way. Yeah. And that's like a huge issue in a lot of areas, you know, like in my marriage, like in not that we're, we're on the frets or anything, but just like, that's how I get myself in trouble is when it's all about Corey. And I, all right. I'm recognizing that verse and that conversation we had come out all the more because of that. Like I need to. I need to give up the ways of this world and I, I really want to live for Christ and I, I'm, I'm willing to lose my life for that in order to gain it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, I think it's like recognizing things that don't really matter. It's kind of separating. I don't want to separate the, um, the physical world from the spiritual world, but for example, it's so easy to like just flip on my phone and, flip through it when I get home and just want to like numb out for, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. And my son's like running around playing and I haven't seen him all day. And so just being like, what if, what, what are the things that I'm living for? Am I living for like just stuff and things and all that sort of stuff or like the relationships that, that God's put in front of me to prioritize. And, um, that's easier said than done. You know, like it's, it's, 
Yeah, especially with just like t- technology, it it sucks you in, and I even see it in my son, like how he's just drawn to screens. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a fly to light, you know, or right. you know, a, a, just they're just captivated by it, and um, yeah, we're we're kind of like, at least when I was young, we didn't. I don't feel like we had as many screens around. No, we definitely didn't have them in our pockets, um, and so now like. We're living in this generation where, like, our kids are definitely growing up in a different time and dealing with things from his he's 18 months that I never did. So mm-hmm. how to, like, wrap your mind around that and live for the things that do matter um, and give up those things that, that don't. Right. So No, that's really good. Um, yeah. Mm. Uh, so you got a drink sitting over there, Corey. Yeah. What is it? It's nice. Uh, it's pretty close to water. Um it is a Michelob Ultra, only two point six carbs and ninety five cals. You're watching the carbs. Uh, yeah, you know, I went on a cruise ship for a week and ate all the carbs that I needed for a year. Really? So I'm, yeah, dude. Pizza. I saw I saw a lot of uh, good food on your Instagram story. Oh, so good. Like a forty meal. Yes, that was that insane. was crazy. They did this forty projection of like how the, the, it was like these cartoon chefs making your meal and then it just would appear on your plate for real and you that's, could eat it it was so cool. awesome that's so cool um yeah what about you so i'm i'm drinking uh confluence breweries uh blue corn lager con chiles it means with chilies and it so it's in your face like it's so I good took a sip. oh my goodness so blue corn lager has always been like my favorite that's what that's the beer we had at our wedding wow and then they came out with this version of it brewed with chilies and so it's a spicy beer it, literally i thought i was like drinking um wow what's that spice that i always use paprika not paprika uh like yeah like uh, like a, ch- a chili powder yeah that's so what i just, yeah. yeah that's like what i thought i was it's not like each individual sip is spicy but yes, like it, it, it builds up no, over a, it's a, a can of it and um i don't like spicy things and I love this beer. This is my favorite beer. You're weird. And my wife is just like, she likes spicy things, but well, I'm on Carlos doesn't side. doesn't like this. So, um, anyway, all right, let's dig in. Right on. Uh, the topic today, which I think I chose, did I choose? You did. Time? I did. Uh, is from John five one through seven, is what I'm going to read, and uh, yeah, I'll just read it first, and then we'll get into it. It says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there, excuse me, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate at a pool. um, All right. Which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Can I keep going? Yeah, go for it, because I can't read right now. (laughs) One who was there had been an invalid, or a paraplegic, for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? That's our key verse this week. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. 
At once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat, and he walked. He walked. Um, yeah, thanks for finishing that out. You're welcome. I, yeah, I think uh, it was I the hot chilies that got in the way. I don't know if it was. Last <laughs> night, I, so I, I preached at Revive last night, and I my my mouth was just super, super dry. And I tried to read this this piece of scripture and like could not get the words out of my mouth. And I had to stop and be like, Carla, my wife, can you just bring a water bottle up here? I got to. <laughs> so in the middle of the message, she had to bring up That's a water so bottle. Good. And I just like left it to the side and kept preaching. That's and, so good. Um, anyway. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to get well is our key verse, which. OK. Initial reaction from me. Um, if I was there, I'd be like pissed off at Jesus. Whoa. I would be. Whoa. This is a, this is aggressive first reaction. What's what's it your is. rationale? Because I would want to say, like sarcastically respond, no. What do you like? What do you what do you what do you think? I want to be. Oh, like, if you were the guy. If I was the guy. If oh, I was the guy. Wow. I would be like, why would you even ask that question? Of course, I want to get well. Why would you ask that? Right, but that wasn't even his answer. What do you mean? That he didn't even answer Jesus like that. He the guy didn't go. Right. Yeah, dummy. Right. I want to get well. What do you think? But that's I just my, sit that's, here every day? That's my answer. Right. No, I'd right, be mad. You. I'd be mad. Like, I don't who, it, wh- I, okay. I don't even have words for that. I'd be so mad. Let's take a small backup and maybe give yourself not as much hostility. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's, that's, no, what I know. It, that's what it sounds like. I feel it. But here we go. Okay. Let's just understand. So this pool... At the Sheep Gate. Now, I've been to Israel. I've seen the Sheep Gate. Have you really? Yes. So I've seen the area of this. We've got an expert. And this is literally, yes, this is where the disease, the crippled, the the lepers would all hang out. And it was the Sheep Gate, right? Literally, the shepherds would come in, get paid by the temple, and they would slaughter the sheep for sacrifices, like through this one gate. I think it was on, like, the, the east side, the north of the temple on the east side. Okay. Um of where the, the wall of Jerusalem was at. So very, very interesting spot. Um, but the Bible says now this, this is what the Bible says. And I think it comes in some different versions, um, in, in here as well. But, but essentially it, it says in a, in a different version that an angel came and touched the pool of water Okay. And gave a decree that the first person into the pool every day would be healed. So where does it say this? Uh, literally in a different version. And Dif- I read it in commentaries. Different version of the Bible? Uh, no. <laughs> no, like a different translation. Sorry. Different translation of the yeah. Bible? It says that, that this angel came? Yeah. Where? I, I don't know if I remember that. I literally just read it. Really? Okay. Before I came here today. We're going to have to find that. And and so I'm going to put that in the show notes. We're going to find it later. And before we post this, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Where what Corey that came is. up with this crazy where, thing. Where Corey came up with that. Yeah. I, I never read that. Yeah. Okay. So keep going. Um, it's either literally, literally I either read it in a commentary on yeah. the Bible or it was that in sounds, the Bible. Okay. That sounds like a commentary thing, but I'll, I'll uh, yeah. we'll, we'll find it okay. and I'll put a note in the bottom. Yeah. I think it's interesting because now that gives you reason for why this guy. Yeah needs to get into that water or anyone into that water first thing that day mm-hmm. to be healed. Right. Right? Yeah. So when you get this answer from the guy after Jesus's question, because now think of Jesus. He walks up. 
sees this guy just laying there and figures out he's been crippled for 38 years. Right. And Jesus is looking at the pool like, you could have fixed this. But you could have been well already. Why? And just get into the pool first. But he's crippled. He can't. I that's, understand. That's, that's why I'm mad. That's, I get, that's I, why I would be mad. Be like, yeah, no, okay. of course I would get, I'd get in there if I could. So then let's take a step back. This invalid paraplegic, which we could probably assume can't use arms or legs, right? Yeah. Because if you had arms, you could get in there. You could crawl, you crawl yourself in, up. Right? Yeah. So arms and legs. This also then tells me he has no friends. Yeah. He has no one that cares for him in his life. Which means he probably sits there 24-7, 365, waiting for his chance for 38 years. Like, how else is he getting around? Right? Right. So, Jesus comes to this guy, and he sees sees more than excuses. And now, this is where I go back to the response of the guy. What excuses are there? Oh, we'll get there. Okay. Okay, now we now we get to the response of the guy. So Jesus literally asks him, "Do you want to get well?" And his yeah. answer isn't hostile like you. His answer isn't yeah, I'm like hostile. You dummy. <laughs> I yeah, what do you think? I've been laying here 38 years. No, he goes, "I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred while I am trying to get in someone Excuse else me. goes down ahead of me." Like he his answer is like I kind of been trying, but no one will help me. Right. That he literally gives an excuse. He gives an excuse. But to it's, Je- it's legit excuse. Uh, I mean, kind of, but think he literally says there, no one will help me. He, has he asked? Maybe. So Does what are he you saying? Like friends? Are you saying like family? people should do it themselves? I, I think that's, that's one of the first ways to get well is you have to help yourself. And we can maybe dig into that later, but I really, you have to do something. Okay. And that's what Jesus is asking. Do you want to get well? And I think that brings us down a whole different path. But anyway, yeah, that's just like, that's some of the background here. And I'd also add at at this time, like this is in the fifth chapter of John. Mm -hmm. So Jesus has, you know, in the gospel of John, essentially been anointed. He's been tempted. He's started his ministry. He's done some miracles. He has not been in Jerusalem for a long time and now has finally returned after being out in Israel and in Galilee. Mm-hmm. And here he is. And this is like the first story of him okay. coming back. Like everyone knows kind of who he is by this time, the miracles that he's doing. And still the guy responds this way. So, okay, here's where I'm coming at it. This is more uh, anecdotal or uh, an emotional connection to it. Because he's hostile. Okay. Uh, well, I'm kidding. I mean, I, I, th- I, th- I chose this verse for a reason, <laughs> I and, I, and I think it's a good one. I'm just telling you, like, this is where I was at originally. Um, but so I've had, I've had two kind of situations in my life where, like, sickness has really become the focal point right so the first one in college i had like a season of it was about eight to ten months where i couldn't breathe right 
Like my my heart wouldn't beat at like 24 hours a day. It would beat irregularly. And I almost felt like I was punched in the gut. And you know how you're like at a loss. You you, you, you don't, you lost your breath. You're yeah. at a loss. You yep. can't grasp air. And so I would have that feeling 24 hours a day for about eight to 10 months. And I went to doctor after doctor after doctor. Everyone said, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. I went to like psychiatrists and psychologists and was prescribed medication and all this sort of stuff. And they're like, you're just depressed. I was like, no, I'm not. I mean, I might be depressed because I've been doing this for eight months. I'm not depressed. Like something's wrong with me. Finally, we got to a cardiologist who found something. And I, I legitimately have this heart condition um, where my, my heart doesn't beat regularly. And um, it's it's now like controlled where I can breathe, but it still, it still happens. But in that moment before the diagnosis, I mean, when it's something to do with your heart, right, that's like where you receive life it's terrifying and so if someone would ask me do you want to get well there probably would have punched him in the face okay but i but here's the but okay here's the the, the other one the other one my dad was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer uh six years ago last month and he died six years ago in september and um i specifically remember people at the time not asking, do you want him to get well, but basically asking that. And the question they would ask that, let me let me tell you how this is basically the same thing, is, well, if you had enough faith, your prayers would be answered. Because, yeah. because the Bible says yeah. that, that God will answer these prayers of a faithful person. Mm. And so what, they're, what, they would, what I would hear was, well, if you really wanted to get him to get well, if you really had enough faith, if you really wanted him to go well, then did, then you could do the things on your own to have God answer those prayers. Right. Okay. And that doesn't happen. My dad died six years ago. Right. Um, so those are the two instances of dis-ease, of unwellness yeah. um, that, that I think of when, when I uh, first read this passage. And so when someone says, do you want to get well? The answer for me is, duh. Yeah. Um, starting with the second point there. Yeah. I I hate that response. What response? That people give to, oh, it's, to those and suffer. Like, well. They, they mean well by have, it. Like, I know. Like, have you prayed, you know? Yeah. Like, with, have you, you know, if you have all the faith. Yeah. You can move a mountain. Like, have, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be really transparent here. Like, I remember being a senior in high school. I was I was just starting to really get into the scriptures for depth and, and understand some things in a different light than I had before. And I, I honestly said that to somebody one time. And mm. that fellow classmate of mine just got irate yeah. in my face. And he's like, you don't think... Like, I want my mom to be well. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not how I meant it. Right. Just like you yeah. said, like, that's not how I meant it. But it, it comes with a good heart. But it does. But it, 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 but it comes on. off in a way that you're right. Like people almost assume that the right actions haven't taken place. So right. if there's something I can do, then right, I would have do done it. So yeah. I will take a step back from our current invalid paraplegic in like, 
okay, maybe he was, you know, giving some more effort here than I know. Yeah. And it just still wasn't working out. Mm-hmm. Back to now your first point about your story and your heart. I would be really upset there too. If someone asked me like, well, don't you want to get well? Like the other, like the doctor is like, no, you're okay. Like yeah. you, you're, don't you want to be okay? Like, no, yeah. something's wrong. So I'd be upset there because you were actively pursuing a cure and yet couldn't find the answer, but you were in action of it constantly to figure it out. So like if someone would ask you, well, do you want to get well? I would get really upset. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. do you not see what I'm doing? To me, when I go back to this verse with this paraplegic man, it almost seems like I just still go back to he kind of gave an excuse. Like he kind of went, yeah, he kind of went like, yeah, I want to get well, but I can't get down in there. Like there, no one, no one will help me. And I, I can't do it myself. Like someone beats me every day Yeah, for 38 years, question mark. I don't know how long he's been sitting at this pool, Yeah, but. I don't it's know. almost it's almost okay i i think i got where you're coming from it's almost the idea like when you're not feeling well when you're not feeling like really well it's not just like you got an upset stomach but like you got to go to the doctor and there may be something really wrong and there's a sense of like yeah i need to go to the doctor but i'm afraid to like get the answer that yeah something is super wrong mm-hmm. right and so i could see in that case where you're not doing anything about it. You're not going to the doctor and someone says, you're complaining about this. Do, do you want to get well or are you afraid to hear the answer? Right. Are you afraid to hear the answer that you have cancer? Are you afraid to hear the answer that you have whatever? Yeah. Because the cancer or the, 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 the disease is still there whether the doctor tells you or not. Right. So do you want to get well or do you want to avoid the situation? Yes. Is, so is that where you're coming from a with l- that? A little bit, right? Because okay. like... I can see that. Yeah, I can. I can see where where kind of both angles yeah. work there. Because I I think that I think that was his daily excuse. Just like I, like, yeah. Do I want to really get well? Like, do I do I? This is all I know, right? Yeah. Like, do I do I really want to? And I think we can come back to that too, to to dip into my own life a little bit, like, of where this verse has come to life in in me, is when I went through a season of depression. And I remember during that season, and you kind of talked about this at your revive talk lately with, with absence, right? Yeah. I, I remember literally choosing to not want to get better. I remember going, Mm. I am so glad God seems absent. I am so glad I was bitter. Oh, I was at a point in my life where I had been racing so hard and doing so many things that I, I felt like, Lord, I was doing all of this stuff for you. But on the side, I was like in a life of sin and it all came crashing down. Yeah. Both like emotion, my relationships, my career just like stopped. Right. Yeah. And I, I finally, my, my emotions caught up with me and I just was depressed. I was like a blank numb slate. Yeah. And so, during that time, I remember just being so bitter at God. Like, this is your fault. Like, I'm glad that you're like, I don't feel you. I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to go to church. Like, I just don't want you in my life. And Mm -hmm. I sat there and dwelled in the darkness and I didn't want to get better. I didn't. And I chose not to get better. And I honestly, you know what it was? It was me Mm -hmm. making excuses not to face my problems. 
I had finally been hit so yeah. hard by my problems that now I was depressed. But then I was like gonna gonna just live in it instead of facing it and now like facing it in a way that I was going to grow out of it and become better and overcome it. I just wanted to be in it. So I can see that in this invalid man, right? This, this paraplegic that he just like was so maybe he was depressed by his state. Maybe he was sad and angered by his state. Maybe he blamed God for his state, right? It sounds like he was born this way. And so I, I think Maybe that's that a Lady Gaga song. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I I just think he I think he was he also in that that moment like I'm not gonna make an extra effort. This is my life. I don't care. Yeah, here I am. And so let's go back to why Jesus asked this question. Why did he ask? Yeah. So why did he ask? Do you want to be well? Well, how come uh, that's the question he opened up with? Let's think about that a little bit. Because he saw the guy lying there. And learned. And learned of his condition. For, he learned th- that he'd been there for 38, 38 years. 38 years, yeah. So don't, doesn't, that, doesn't that question make sense then? That he's been, been avoiding his issues for 38 years? Yeah. And then, it, d- I'm just saying, like, doesn't, when Jesus learns of that, it's like, when he learns of that, then... He asked this question like, hey, do you actually want to get well? Because I, I honestly. Are, t- are you saying like it's he's kind of milking the vic- victim mentality? No. No? Uh, well, may- maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, I'm just saying like uh, to me the question makes sense because Jesus is, is calling him out. He's going, hey, you've been living with this for 38 years. There's ways that you can get well. Yeah. Now stop. Maybe that's not fixing his his par- being paralyzed. Think about that. Maybe it's not that he gets to walk again. Maybe it's not that he um ever gets in the pool. Maybe he should have just addressed the emotional side, the spiritual side of his life and gotten well that way. And he was blaming it on others that, yep. that no one else has exactly. helped me. And Which is the victim mentality. Yeah, it is. And it's, that's that's where I was connecting it back to earlier. Like, yeah. he, there's a lot of other ways other than fixing the condition that he could have gotten well. And that brings me back to, like, your dad's situation, right? Right. Like, I, that, that's the worst thing in the world. I, I, I recently just had two people who were close to me in my life die from cancer in the past two weeks. Yeah. Do you really like, do you think they wanted that? Right. Absolutely not. Did no. your dad want that? No. No. And did they want to be well? Of course. But you know what? Gosh, those, those two people, like they went to the Lord in celebration. Mm-hmm. Like they were already well. And I, th- I think this, I mean, it, so, okay. My initial like, anger with the passage I think is partially because on the surface it doesn't make sense right because of my experiences I I completely get where you're coming from and and I'm I I agree with it as well um but when when like Jesus promises to make all things new and 
and there will be no more tears there will be no more pain there you know all these sorts of things and yet these things are still happening and he's just like well do you want to get so so that's that's where that's kind of the tension that i think we're living in is that that we're we have these promises but we're also not fully realized yet but also what are the different layers that he's speaking to yeah um Layers as in, like, the emotional, right. the spiritual, the physical. Right. Because, right. C- because you know, that's interesting to me, too, is that, like, he res- he he then speaks to, because of the action that, that took place, was his physical side. Yeah. Because he, he healed him and he got up and he walked. Which, okay, so in, I, I pulled up a couple other verses, Mark 5 and Luke 5. In Mark 5, Jesus is, like, surrounded by people. And this woman who's uh, suffered from bleeding for 12 years, she's basically like crawling to Jesus just to hope to touch his cloak to be healed. And she touches him. Jesus goes, who touched my clothes? Um, He finds out who it is, and he turns to her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And there's this word that I'm uh, I'm guessing you're familiar with, this sozo. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting word that I think it's it's not used in the John five verse, but it kind of speaks to like the the spiritual, the physical, the yeah, emotional. Like all... Because then in the Luke, the Luke five verse, Jesus forgives the sins of this man who's who's paralyzed, and people are like, "Yeah, like, that's, that's blasphemous." Weird. And then he goes, "Oh, and just to prove that I can." I can forgive sins. I'll also heal you physically. So I, I like healed you f- right. s- spiritually. Right. And I'm going to hear you f- heal you physically. And so this word sozo, which I've heard of, of like parachurch ministries use sozo as their name. And it means to heal and to save both. Mm-hmm. Like it's, that's one word is sozo is right. to heal. And we think of healing as physical yeah. and to save, we think of as spiritual right. and it, it c- kind of combines these spiritual, this, yeah. you know, um, which is, it is, is this whole, it, it also talks about restoring wholeness, Yes, which is, which is, there's this, which that, and that, that Greek comes out in this John five verse. Is that another way to interpret is it? And instead of Jesus asking, do you want to get well? He, he kind of also is asking like, do you want to be made whole? Yeah. Yeah. Which. So if I'm, if I'm thinking like a a pie chart, right. Mm -hmm. And there's a slice for physical slice for spiritual slice for emotional slice for what are the other ones what can we add in there i really think it's those three those three <laughs> and i have four fingers up yeah um, that's okay but anyway yeah but there's a slice for each of them right and yeah and we maybe focus on the fact that there's one slice missing yeah and jesus maybe sees that there's two or three slices missing right and he gives you a slice and he gives you a slice and you're still like i'm still missing the one slice that i wanted yeah Maybe that's not a perfect example because he maybe he thinks of the eternal slice as being wholeness. Because you can you can you know, I don't know you're talking about like your friends who just passed away in the last two weeks, who were physically sick. 
I mean, they were they were physically made well. Again, right. I, I believe that. I believe that's yeah. what the promises of God is: is yeah. that even after they they die, they're still physically, they're now physically healed, in some sense. Yeah. Um. I don't know where I was going with that, but there's well, there's this this pie chart that it right. shows up in my mind. Yeah, and and I think. I think this question that Jesus asks, you know, hits for this gentleman, maybe more of the spiritual, emotional side, even though he heals them physically, you know, I think, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be right again more than your physical side, but like in the state that you're in and, um, I think going back to your testimony earlier, I think so many of us really um, come to a place where we want the f- only the physical to be healed, right? We want the physical. We expect the physical. Yeah, that's e- our wholeness yeah, in our mind. That's our wholeness. Is like yep. my I'm physically going to be put together. My life is going to be put together. And um, it, it as we're finding out, right with with the with loss in this world that's not always true yeah and there's more than just faith that's gonna dictate that right like Mm -hmm. this the bleeding woman right Mm -hmm. her faith the reason that jesus gave like her faith was why she was healed and yet in this case with the guy it wasn't his faith (laughs) right it wasn't his faith that did it like it would just was jesus going like no it's your your life's time to change. You need to be made whole again. Yeah. I think it was more of an emotional side. Like you have a testimony to go bear. That's different than what laying here is doing for you. And and he, there's so many different instances all across the board of where I think Jesus is making us whole. And I like the pie chart representation because it's all three areas, right? Emotional, physical, and spiritual. Yeah. So the, the word that comes to mind so far from this conversation is expectations. There you go. Like, what do we expect Jesus to be? And I think that's partially like what this podcast is about. Kind of reconciling what we expect Jesus to be and who Jesus actually is. If, if you like, so I'm, I'm a small groups coordinator. And I've realized that one of the ways or one of the reasons that small groups in the church don't like that they stop working if a church, if a, if a group stops meeting together is because of differing expectations. That's yeah. like one of the biggest reasons is when we have different expectations, when we enter into a relationship, any relationship, we have certain expectations of that relationship, whether it's, yep. whether they're, they're spoken, written or assumed. Like you think of their, your marriage, right? There's assumed expectations. There's, there's uh, contractual i guess expectations there's 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 expectations that come along with that you think about your work you sign a contract yours there's expectations that you do certain things but then you got like friendships you don't sign a contract or you don't get married to your you have have a ceremony for your friends there's no like tangible expectations and so when you enter into a relationship with someone and an expectation on one side of the relationship is unmet. Right. That's where there's like, that's when a fracture happens. Mm-hmm. And that's when small groups fail is when they like one person or one couple thinks like, Oh, this is what this group is. And then when they start doing it and another couple in the group maybe says, 
oh no i think this is what it is and they start like rubbing against each other right yeah and so like when we come to jesus who do we expect him to be right do we expect him to heal us physically or do we expect him and, and is that what he expects of himself like is that what he's come to do right yes and and like i mean jesus says um he says all the time throughout the throughout the gospels like what he came to do yeah and we should and it's I, more than miracles yeah and i i think that maybe that's a good future episode some of those are but right um well we'll just think about one that. of his seek and save the lost right right yes um and and he 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 very much contrasts us with these are your expectations these are my this yes. is my expectations yes. of who i am isn't that a great reminder for us as we seek our own wholeness in our lives that like expectations aside, what is, what is Jesus's agenda? What's his expectation? Yeah. And I think, I think that's where we get really muddy waters in this, right? Is because we, we can go back to how the intent of Christ and of God in this world is not for us to suffer. It's not, that is, that is, instituted by the devil it is carried out by the devil and mm-hmm. we are suffering because of our original sin and our constant choice to sin mm-hmm. and we're suffering from the sins of others yet god's will for us is not to suffer i truly right. believe that yep um and so we take that idea mm-hmm. into an expectation so that when we do suffer or others around us that we love suffer we now get disgruntled with God. How, yeah. da- how dare this suffering be in my life? Yeah. We forget our original sin. We forget that there's a whole different agenda that God is doing, right? Which is this huge thing at the, at the end of it all is that, um, is that at, at the end, God is going to send Jesus back to totally redo this world and bring heaven to earth and then make all expectations achieved that we get to a spot where perfection is found and all sin and suffering is put away. Mm -hmm. And now we're whole again. That is the point of wholeness. And so when we're here, I think we really get muddy waters because I, I get it. Like we know God promises us some stuff. We know Jesus gives us the power of faith and faith can move mountains. And yet we're still in a spot where our life go, go back to our previous episode, right? Our life is more than trying to gain it for ourselves. And so often we need to maybe let go of our own agenda, our own expectations yeah, and ask ourselves in what way do I need to be made whole? Yeah. Like in what way does Jesus really need to work in me? And if it's not my solution, like again, healing coming physically or emotionally or spiritually, then what lessons does he have for me along the way? Yeah. And sometimes it's a hard question to ask. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, for, for 25 years of my life, I would never, ever, ever want to learn a lesson from suffering. I didn't think that was the thing. I think, I thought you had to ignore that stuff and run away from it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I missed a lot of lessons. (laughs) Yeah. A lot. Um, But I don't know. I going back to expectations 
really like you're saying small groups or, or relationships that's where they're they're broken i read an article one time on how the number one reason that marriages end in divorce is that when one party of the the marriage bids for something when i say bids that means like they kind of like maybe ask outright or they hint at that they want something yeah the other party if it's not a part of their expectation will ignore it or not do it and when bids aren't met with love and they're met with a stiff arm yeah a marriage gets very very distant hmm. so think of it like this right like so what's a bid a bid yeah a bid is attention like you want attention or you want something from your partner okay so it, it comes in so many ways so um you know in relationships <clears throat> you you clean the house for your wife mm-hmm. okay if you want to use the enneagram if people know that like i'm a two which means i have a servant very servant oriented mind mm-hmm. part of that is when i clean i want to be noticed I I'm bidding for my wife's attention you know, to go. Words hey, of Corey. affirmation. Yeah. Like, okay. thank you so much for doing the day and my day, my day's made. Yeah. Guess what happens when she ignores it? I feel like she just doesn't value me. I, yeah. I feel distant. I feel like I'm unwanted. Yeah. Um, now she doesn't, she doesn't do that. She definitely thanks me all the time for little things like that. But the opposite goes for her. Like she wants to be loved um, and shown love like physically. She wants me to hold her hand. She wants me to hug her. She wants mm-hmm. me to kiss her cheeks. It's like too. the five love languages. It is. It yeah. goes into that. Right. Yeah. But like when, when I'm, when I, I'm so, I don't, I don't know. I'm so, um, extrinsically distracted. Like if I'm, I'm people watch all the time and I'm like really detailed and like reading things and into stuff. I totally space from like loving on her physically. And she bids for it. She wants it. And um, and so I miss that window. And that makes her feel distant from me when I don't take advantage of it. So, again, I'm yeah. going long down a tangent here. Going back to expectations, I think when we feel like God or Jesus doesn't meet our expectations when it comes to getting well, we then find distance from him. Mm-hmm. We then feel like... He's not doing his part. He's not following through. And yeah. I think that's where the, the the mental battle or the spiritual battle takes place. One of the things I talked about last night in my message at Revive was, um, so when God feels absent, and one of the points was a lot of times God's absence or God's perceived absence is self-inflicted on us. Mm. And that went back to like Genesis 1, 2, and 3 where, we hide in different ways. We either like don't reveal ourselves in some way, like reveal our true selves or like who we've been or who we are now. It's really good. Or we reject him and we run away and we get mad at him or whatever it is. And that's fear-based. So it's shame-based and fear-based. So kind of what you're saying, like when our expectations aren't met, we get mad or frustrated with him or whatever. There's a fear at the the root of that, that God's not going to heal me physically. Right. And, well, first of all, that's not his priority, even though he does. I mean, the promise is that we ever, all things will be made new, that we will have new physical bodies, that, yeah. that he will bring back 
and put this world back together physically. Um, but his first priority is, is maybe wholeness in some other yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so, so here's a, here's a question then. Mm-hmm. And so this question that Jesus is asking, do you want to be healed? What was this? Do you want to be made well? Yeah. Made well. I keep thinking of the more of the Greek translation of do you want to made, be made whole? Oh yeah. But yeah. Do you want to be made well? Is this a question of faith to this man? Is it a question or a calling out to stop making excuses? Ooh. Or is it something else? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, so is it a question of faith? Um, Which we kind of touched on. Or is it a question of... Is it a, is it, is it a calling out like, hey, stop making excuses right. for where you're at? Or is it right. something else? Do you want to be made well? He says, sir, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else gets down ahead of me. Jesus says, get up. So he appears to like his answer because he still says, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Well, he, which is, which is weird. Okay. Let's go into that. He says, do you want to get well? He goes, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. So he makes an excuse right there. And Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Do you think if he liked his answer, he would have immediately said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. I think Jesus was going to have mercy on him no matter what. I agree. But, but do you think he would have like maybe asked another question? Why did it, why maybe. did after, cause if his, if his, if his response, if the guy's response sounds like an excuse, why does he instantly heal him? Cause he doesn't say, yes, I want to be weighed well. Because he does. He, so right. that's, the, so you're, you, okay. Your point is, can you restate your question? Is, 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 so is the question that Jesus is asking a question of faith? Like, I think hey, all of Jesus' you, questions are somewhat tied to a question of faith. Right. But that kind of goes back to like, Hey, paraplegic man. Yeah. Do you, do you have no faith that you can be healed? You know, that kind of question. Like, do you want to be made right? Do you, do you want to be healed? Do you not, do you not think it's possible? Yeah. Do you not think, cause here you are sitting by the pool that's supposed to heal you and you're not healed. Yeah. Like, do you just not think so? Or is it an excuse? Like, Oh, I can't get there. I can't do it. Or I don't think God can do it. Like, I don't actually think it's going to happen if I get in there. I've been paralyzed for 38 years. If I actually get in that pool at the quote unquote right time, I'm probably not even going to change. Is it that? So that can go then back to a question of faith or just an excuse of faith. Or is it something else? Do you have an answer to that? No, I'm asking you. <laughs> That's a tough question. Is it a question of faith, or is it a question of something else? Like, what is the what is the reason for this? Do you want to get well? Okay. Do you want to get well? I and he I, says, and he makes an excuse, and he says, "Get up, pick up your mat, and walk." Well, I go back to while you're thinking. Like, I still go back to Jesus found out the background that. The, the reason he asked the question is because he found out the guy's been sitting here at the gate forever by the pool and hasn't gotten well. And he's done, he's been paralyzed for 38 years. So to me, in my mind, Jesus is asking this question more so kind of out of that combo of faith and excuse. Like, do you just not think that 
the Lord your God can make you well. Do you think you're just stuck with this? Which which comes back to their understanding of what the pool is. Right. Because I would say it's a question of faith, but it's a question of faith in... He, his response is, yeah, I have faith in this pool. Right? Yeah, and not of the Lord. Then, and so what is their understanding of the pool? Right. Like, is their understanding of the pool that uh, Yahweh, the God of Israel, has promised something through this this pool or is it like this is just some gimmick like some uh some you know healing crystals secular like voodoo stuff like what is there and and i think you kind of touched on that earlier like they they believe that an angel angel has touched the pool and this is a this truly is the god of israel yes i believe we're gonna have to check out that that passage or where that is but it sounds like I'm. I think that because of Jesus' response, the guy said basically, "Yes, I think it is a question of faith." Mm. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's, faith, that's that's but faith in what? Like, hey, what do you really have? What have you really put your faith yeah, in? yeah? And 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 I think the guy said, "Yes, I have faith in this pool, and I want to know what the pool represents." Mm-hmm. And um, so that that verse that's that's tagged in the notes. Or the commentary, or whatever, whatever yeah. we put there, whatever we find later, I think is going to tell us what the what the pool represents. Yeah, and I think Jesus is like it, it appears that this pool represents Yahweh, yeah. the God of Israel, and Jesus, uh, and and so he wants to. He's showing that he is that God. Yeah, because he's doing the same thing that the pool does. Yeah, right. Yeah. That, that, that's what well, it I think appears. he's extending it I, too. I, yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can't speak definitively because I'm, I'm assuming a lot there. But that's, that's a really interesting question. What is, what is the question of? Right. Okay. I think I found something. Here's, here's what I found in John five four, which is fascinating because, you know, like I, I always say, we always pull up the NIV typically. Right. Yeah. Well, when you go to the NIV, uh, there's no John five four. There's no verse four in chapter five. Weird. Which, if you go to the New King James or the King James version, there is a verse five, and so that verse says, "For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in it first, uh, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had." I told you. So that is exactly I told what you, you said. It was in the Bible. <laughs> it's, it's in the Bible, but it's in the King James, and I know that's crazy how. How that's I I, I want to look now at so, why that was left out of the NIV. Guess what? I this actually goes back to a conversation I had with someone questioning their own faith in Jesus in, in college. They they sent me one day a link to verses in the Bible that are not included. Yeah, it's there's more there's than chunks. just this. Oh yeah, there's, there's multiple chunks. verses that are just randomly left out. I think at the end of and there's like a, there's them. like whole chapters. Yeah, there's like a whole half chapter. Yeah, so there's there's just some I would say. In in the the canonizing of the Bible, they have taken some yeah. things out further down the road because it contradicts other scripture yeah. that they think has more authority. And so this is probably just one of those where they're probably like, well, to have an angel be that active and be the source of healing yeah. is not directly from God. I don't know. Maybe that's why. But I think it I think it shows like your question of what's 
Right. What's the question of? Yeah, because that goes what back they to believe exactly it is. what you were pointing at, right? Like what was, yeah, what was he having his faith in? It was of this angel that had touched the pool, and the pool, the pool was going to heal him. Yeah. Well, Not well, God. God through the pool. Right. God through an angel through the pool. Yeah. Through. So that's, yeah. that's, so I think to answer your question, I would say it's a question of faith. Yeah, it is. Then. And, and his response, uh, which is partially an excuse, but partially it's a, um, an answer of yes. I, he, he basically says, yes, I have faith. I have faith that I would be healed if I had help getting into the pool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So it kind of is a question of faith, which goes back almost to, I don't want to like circle around again to those people who would say to me when my dad was sick, well, almost don't you have enough faith that he would be healed if you had enough faith. And that's not, that's not how things work. Right. Right. It's not right. like God gives away these miracles based on how much faith you have, you know, like, yeah. like, it, right. Like yeah. Because you have more faith than this person, you'll right. have a miracle and you won't. And honestly, we're probably being a little controversial here because there's a lot of people and some believers out there who do believe that. Like, yeah, for probably. example, more charismatic people do believe like you if you have enough faith you can perform a miracle or you can receive a miracle yeah and, I, and i've been in circles like that very much before and mm. they they literally will tell you well they just didn't have enough faith like what yeah i don't know so i'm just saying like we are probably on the edge of some controversy here we you know like we're we're but it's also not to minimize the fact that no. jesus says like all these things you've seen me done you will do much greater things right right um that's not john I can't remember what passage it is, but Jesus's promise is that you will do much greater things, which miracles are possible. Like I've, I've heard and seen a lot of them around our church. Right. And, and I've, those, I've those seen things miracles. happen. Yeah. Um, but, but when, when they don't happen to you and you asked you and you get asked, do you want to get well? That's, you know, that's, that's just all kind of circling back to what we discussed before, but right. it's not directly like, Oh, you just wanted enough. Yeah. You know, everyone, right. they, I'm, there's people who die of cancer who wanted it more than someone who gets healed of cancer, you right. know? Right. Absolutely. Just, that's yeah. just how it is. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I think to maybe put a cap on, on that section of mm-hmm. it, I, again, I think it really comes down to the question of, do you want to get well? It does come down to those three categories that you kind of broke down in the pie chart. Like a lot of us are, I think are scared to get well emotionally because sometimes we feel like it, it means that we or spiritually or spiritually, think, yeah. but I'm going to start with emotion because I, sometimes I feel like we feel like if we get better emotionally, we're leaving the memories of what we were involved in, in the past. Right. So can I use your, your dad yeah, yeah, as an example, it. right? That might be a situation where you feel like, well, if I if I get well emotionally with this, yeah, then that means I'm diminishing the loss of my father. Oh, you yeah. get what I'm saying? Like yeah. some people, I think, hold it that way. Like if I get better about this breakup, about the loss of my job, if I get over it, if I get better, if God heals me, if He takes this away, well, then that just means I'm forgetting the importance of that person or that role or whatever it is yeah. in my life. I think a lot of people are scared to yeah. get well for that reason. Yeah. 
And it's a good point. I, and, and my message, you know, there would be like, it's never forgetting. We, we right. never forget. Right. But do we disconnect ourselves from the painful emotion? Yeah. Honestly, which is, is like used by the devil to manipulate our, our, our how we respond to yeah, the world. Like yeah. How do we respond and how we see God and how we see the world yep. and how we live out our, our faith. Yes. And so like, like here for me today that God wants you free of this and he does want you to be well. And it doesn't mean that you're sacrificing, you know, the goodness that was in your life um, yeah. that you may have lost. And, and it doesn't mean that you can't be well and get better and have great things in front of you. Like, I think that's another thing is sometimes we feel like we don't deserve anything better because of what happened to us. Yeah. No, like that, that's not true. God promises and, and he wants for you all the goodness. Yeah. And, and it might, you might feel guilty. You might feel like it's wrong, but again, he's wanting you to be well. He's wanting you to be made whole. You know, I think of the story of, of Job. Yeah. Like everything was taken away from him. Yeah. And it's kind of a twisted story, but like God gave him everything back twofold. Yeah. Um, and Job had to be okay with that. He had to yeah. be okay with the loss and he had to be okay with the gifts that, and, and the newness that, that came into his life. Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm taking away from this conversation so far is, um, so Jesus asked, can you, or do you, do you want to get well? And he does heal him physically. But maybe the, the, the question or the promise that, that is in this statement or this question is that Jesus can heal physically and he can heal spiritually, he can heal emotionally, he can heal all those sorts of different ways, okay? We always tend to expect him to heal physically first, and it's about coming on the same page with Jesus about his expectations about the situation. And, you know he's he might not be ex- expecting or prioritizing the same thing we have so like we talked about expectations and and you know i i really believe that jesus can perform mis- miracles and and heal physically but also spiritually and all these different things so it's it's about um yeah it's just kind of those two things together where yes he can heal in all those ways and i think he promises and he, and he can heal in all those ways but let's get on the same page with them and say, like, how do you want to make me whole? Yeah, I like that. Um, which is a hard question sometimes to, like, say, Absolutely. let me put my physical health on the back burner or that, you know. Yeah, or um, like the possibility of surviving or. And it's it's also not necessarily like if I get emotionally healthy, if I get spiritual healthy, then he'll heal me physically. Right. That's not, no, also, that's that's not the promise point. either. You know, it's a very good point. Um, he promises to make you well, which yeah. is promises to make you whole. And honestly, again, just, you know, having stories in our own lives that are, that are losing people to, to cancer and, and death. Like sometimes that is death mm-hmm. to be made whole. Oh yeah. Is and honesty for all of us, whether you're sick or you're healthy to be fully made whole with no suffering or pain. Yeah. Nothing of this world to take us down is when we meet Jesus in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. That's a, that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. Like they don't want to even think of it that way. But, um, I, so, yeah. So here, here's a question. We kind of, we, we were 
wanting to bring up was should we even complain about the little things or the um like the little physical ailments or the little um things that happen in our life that are unpleasant you, you know what i mean right i think it's all perspective um i think there's a lot of people who don't have a lot of big things that have happened to them and so the small stuff gets them yeah and i think there's a lot of people who a lot of big things have happened to them and they just shake their head at other people who don't know yeah that type of pain suffering loss for me honestly what put my life into perspective was going to tanzania africa yeah and and seeing legit suffering yeah. On a level that their daily suffering never compares to the sufferings I have. Yeah. Right now my legs hurt a lot because I'm way out of shape and I started working out again and the lactic <laughs> acid build up like I can barely go up and down stairs. Yeah. It hurts. So I asked you to come upstairs right. <laughs> to my uh podcast room. Yeah. And <laughs> uh you know, but like I have I've maybe complained twice about it. But in the midst of it, I've like thought of like this is this is nothing, you know. Um, I don't know. But but also at the same time, I mean, I lost my dad to cancer, like I said, at a fairly young age. He was fifty six, and he was not a smoker, not a big drinker. He worked out all the time. Like he was still. He I always said he was he was in better shape than I was when he was diagnosed. And um, but at the same time, like last summer. My dog, who I've had for eight years, um, I was told had cancer as well, and I had to put her down, and that was a shock, and that was that sucked. But it was, but at the same time, I was like, I'm trying to maintain perspective because this isn't my dad, this is a dog. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not a, I love dogs, but I also have perspective that it's not my son, it's not you know, right? It's my dog. Yeah. But it sucked, and I, it, and she, she's actually still alive. She, that was all a fluke, and I don't. It was weird, was weird crazy time. story. Yeah. Um. But I don't think it's like denying the fact that even I stubbed my toe, and that sucks. And you know, like right. there, there are, there are. That's a good point. Like the the in in is it Genesis twenty two or twenty three where Jacob wrestles with God? Yeah. And and is then renamed Israel, which means wrestles Wrestling with God, God. like. The, the people of God are called people who wrestle with God. And, and you see throughout the Psalms, you see throughout a lot of the Old Testament, yeah. very faithful people who wrestle with God, who are angry with God. Uh, one of the passages I preached out at last night was Psalm 13, which it, it said, like David says, God, why have you turned your back on right. me? And um, I don't know what David was going through there. You know, it, it, it may be like it was a really bad thing. Um, I don't know at what point in his life he wrote that that passage, but I don't I don't think it's denying. You know, there there is a sense of perspective, but there is a sense of like even the little things hurt sometimes. Like yeah. it's not supposed to be this way. Yep. Like my you, sure. my my dog is not supposed to get cancer. It's not as big a deal. You're right as my dad getting cancer, but my dog's that's that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. That's a so. great. That's a great perspective to bring into this too um every suffering is worth noting yeah big or small it's um, okay to 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 reveal that and to like lay your that pain out yeah 
yeah yeah absolutely. No, big, no matter how big or small i guess yeah um that's really good another question we always kind of ask is like how would we translate this line to today's do you language want to get well but um, in my mind, as you think about it, and in, in my mind, I almost think like we can still use that same language. I think it's yeah. very applicable. Like, yeah. hey, do you really want to get better? Um, I I like that the, the the wellness word has a sense of like physical health to me. Right. Do you want to get better? Um, could even bring in like mental health. Yep. Um, that's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. And it maybe if we get away from the ambiguity of it. Yeah, because, you know, we just talked an hour on all the different ways that this could go. But um, if we get away from that, maybe the more specific question we could ask is, are you ready to lay down this burden in order to receive? Yeah. Like the grace of God and a better life. Because yeah. I think that's what it is. Like we walk around with these burdens emotionally, physically, spiritually, and we kind of just like this man, right? Hold yeah. on to it for a really long time. And like, do you want to lay that down? Do you want to release it? Do you want to release it? Release? Yeah, release yeah. it's good. And and receive the grace of the Lord and walk into betterment. Yeah. Right? Something like that. I yeah, don't know. that's good. I also just like the, do you want to be made whole? Yeah, I do like Cause that. Because that's, that's, that's maybe a word we don't use. But it also like kind of a company encompasses everything. Like yeah. it's the whole. Do you want to be made whole and who you are and what you were made to be? Yeah. I, I, you know, that's like was that from the King James or something? Was the whole yeah or whatever or it was? just a more of a Greek translation? Was it a Greek translation? Yeah. Okay, so m- maybe it's that's the original word anyway. Yeah. But but I think that's pretty good as well. Um, so that's good anyway all right all right i think we uh we uh covered that and we're yeah. ready to kind of and i think we're moving on yeah we've we'll got, move on we've got, some, we've got something else here for you we've got to yeah. but at the very end we're going to announce well we're getting close to the end we're very close but we've, we've got a we've got a special guest coming up yeah. uh in the next episode so stay tuned we're gonna we're gonna talk about that all right before then we always have our fun question usually related around jesus for whoever but yep here we go so um First, you have to have a little background here. If you're on Instagram, also you can follow me at at Corey Nickel on Instagram, and, and Eric is at epate88. Yeah. Same as Twitter, same as our Twitters. Right. Anyway, so, but if you're on Instagram, perhaps you've seen a very new and edgy account called Preachers in Sneakers, and this guy essentially started noticing that some of these preachers around that get paid handsomely, mm-hmm. um wear really expensive stuff like really expensive uh, anywhere from having a handbag to sneakers to jeans or a belt i mean i've seen i've seen preachers wearing a two thousand dollar belt yeah i've seen them wearing eight like one i just recently was carrying like an eight thousand dollar louis baton handbag the uh, and the most recent post is someone who's got these uh, pretty plain black shoes that are eight hundred and twenty-seven dollars. Yeah. That's one of the more mild, cheap uh, pairs of shoes you see. Right. Here's a thirty-four hundred dollar pair of shoes David Crowder's got on. Yeah, right. So it's just like the guy is really trying to bring awareness and perspective to that world and just saying like, is it opulence? Is that a good? Is that the word? Sure. Like, like over excess. Yeah. Or just like yeah. Should they? Should they not? 
and he just put it out there for discussion and he just yeah, he just kind of lets it happen. He doesn't really have a perspective. Nope. I mean, I'm sure he has a perspective, but he just kind of puts it out there to It is he you're right though. He just wants he wants people to just like, "Well, is this too much or not?" Like, let's think about it. Anyway. Yeah. So, if you better be ready for the question, Eric. I'm ready for it. I'm if, just looking through the Preachers and Sneakers account. <laughs> if Jesus was featured on Preachers and Sneakers. Yeah. What? He'd probably be barefoot. What? <laughs> What uh, would he be caught wearing? What would he be caught? I feel in, like let's put him in today's world. Thongs, <laughs> sandals, sandals. Well, what would um, he in today's world? Uh, some Walmart slides. Feel <laughs> <laughs> like oh, here's Kanye. Jesus Kanye's is on richer this. Richer than you think. He has a purse Con- of money. Kanye's got the most inexpensive shoes. Two hundred ninety dollars pair of shoes on. I'm it's like the you. cheapest ones I've, I've found. They're also okay. He's still they're also he's not they're also his own shoes. They ease his <laughs> boost. Um, okay, I'll turn that off. Um, I, I eh. the easy answer is thongs or uh, you know flip flops. Um, man, are they Toms? There you go. Toms. Are they Toms. Would be so great, he's given back. Yeah. Or Warby Parker glasses that give back. Those aren't shoes. No, I'm just saying. Oh, I guess they, he does the accessories, breeches and sneakers. Okay. Um, um, I, but here's here's my if here's my my funny well, not funny but my interesting one. I think if he would splurge. <laughs> okay. If Jesus would splurge, I think he'd be rocking a pair of Birkenstocks, for sure. Just because everyone calls them Jesus sandals anyway. Oh, that's, that's a good pick. one. Here's another one. Allbirds. You ever, you ever yeah. see the Allbirds? I don't know what they they cost, but they 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 were made to be like to not show a brand, right. to, to not like basically show off. It was yeah. just meant to be a shoe, yeah. Like a so maybe he's just like not yeah. brand loyal, and he's not just supporting like, any. There you go. Not supporting any brand. He's not going to be supporting any one brand. He's just going to be <laughs> except for Allbirds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unknowingly. Yeah. Okay, that was a good question. All right. Um, if you got a better answer, shoot us a message. That's right. Or you got got a answer. Um. Okay. So, uh, do here uh, we we've got a special guest yeah, for our next episode. We're, we're almost gonna, done, people. Keep listening. We're also we're actually going to uh, be recording next Tuesday. Um, so we're gonna we're Which gonna no drop. One re- knows when we're recording now, but essentially it's Friday. What Eric's trying to <laughs> trying to say is that we're gonna drop this episode real soon, and then our special guest episode. A couple weeks later, so we're yeah, gonna we're gonna more. It'll be within a month. It'll be probably two weeks after yeah. this one comes out. Um, but our special guest is with Pastor Ben Mason, who uh, works at Hope with me. He's the uh, marriage and parenting pastor. Mm. Um, he's got an excellent beard. He I does do. better than yours. It's it is better than mine. It's also, I'm gonna. It's I've never met him in person. Oh really? So it's gonna be real okay. awkward when I meet him for the first microphone. time on a podcast. Yeah. No. Just kidding. I love people. <laughs> he's easy to talk to. Yeah. But what's the topic? What does he bring in then since he's the marriage and family he pastor? Is, yeah. So he's going to be doing, he. it's his, uh, his choice. Pick. He brought his pick. it. Yep. So I didn't pull this up, so I'm kind of trying to delay a little bit so I can pull it up. It's Matthew 19, 4 through 6. And it says, we don't read it, right? Do we read it? Yeah, sometimes. Good? We do? Um. We're gonna we're gonna kind of narrow this down yes. for next time. I'm not sure exactly which part of it. Um, it says like for this reason, um, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Then two will become one flesh. 
um, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Um, whatever God has joined together, let no one separate. There's there's more to that. We're going to focus in on probably a little bit of that. Yep. Um, but he's also mentioned that we're going to talk a little bit about divorce yeah. and what is that what is that like and that's kind of a difficult topic for a lot of Christians of yeah. like what's what's okay and what's not and what does Jesus say about divorce and it's going to be so, it's going to be an interesting one and he's an expert on it right so it'll be good yeah i can't wait all right i think that's everything woo hope you listen to this whole thing yeah. remember to uh, shoot us some messages tell us what you think and uh, we'll talk to you soon until next time